Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Today is, we begin the season of Epiphany. Actually, we started on Thursday is when Epiphany began. And Epiphany is a time, as I've already said, where we celebrate uh, the light of the world coming into our darkness. So I I have my example here that's not going to work, but a light switch. It's as if we needed a yearly reminder that it's easy for the dark to creep in. And we need a reminder that light has come. And so this season is built into our yearly calendar to celebrate the light of the world. Maybe it's the light, uh, and this is typically when we talk about the wise men who have journeyed, these magi, these outsiders, these non-Jews who somehow see the light in the sky and say yes and follow and come to the baby two years after the birth, most scholars believe. And they find him, but they would not be deterred. The light that sometimes outsiders get it ahead of insiders. It may be the light that we need in this moment. Whatever it is, we have this season built in. And we will be taking the next eight Sundays to talk about this. Now, you may be already doing some addition and thinking, I thought it was seven words to the church today. And you're right. Today, we'll just call this a prelude, and we'll kind of set some things up as we move into this season. So if you have your Bibles, however you get your Bible, whether it's in book form or whether it's an app, I'm going to invite you to turn to Apocalypse chapter 1. If you couldn't hear that online, there was a little giggle. Apocalypse chapter 1. Are you turning there? You might have to use your index, uh, uh, your table of contents. Okay, if you're brand new to here, I just want you to know um, there's no book that we actually call Apocalypse. I'm doing this more because I need to do a little teaching before we jump in here. So I want you to see something. Apocalypse chapter 1. I want you to know that that word apocalypse is a transliteration. If you're not an English uh, teacher, uh, you may not know what a transliteration is. A transliteration is when we take a word from another language and we appropriate our English letters, or whatever language you happen to speak, we we, we transpose our English letters, whatever sounds closest, and we put it out and we just bring it letter by letter right into our English language. And so we did that with this word apocalypse. That A, we, we substituted for the alpha, that is the Greek letter that should be there. Or that letter P that we have there, we substituted that for the letter pi, which sounds like P. And, and it's just a tragedy to ever substitute P's for pi. Thank you. Thank you. That O, that we substituted that for Omicron, that, that le- lowercase sound of the O. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You, you get where I'm going. So we brought the word apocalypse from its original Greek into our English letters. 
The problem is, is that we also gave it new meaning. Because now when you hear the word apocalypse, you think of catastrophic damage. You think of catastrophe. You think of the end of the world. You think that everything is doomed. I mean, we, you know, my, my friends in Tennessee, they actually had a snowpocalypse. I mean, a whole half a foot of snow. I mean, we just, you know, like go. That's like just Thursday, isn't it? For us. But when you don't have salt and you don't have trucks, it just shuts down. It's a snow apocalypse. It does damage. That's, that's what we think. That's the meaning that we have attached to this word apocalypse. But I want you to see what the word apocalypse actually means because it is two words in Greek that have been smushed together. It's a compound word. And so I want you to see this. Here's your, another Greek lesson for you already. So the, the first part of the word is the word apo. So why don't you say that with me? Ready? One, two, three. Apo. All right. Pretty simple. Apo. It means un. Just means un. Like, we'll look at, we'll look at this. The, the next part of the word is kalupsis. You want to say that with me, don't you? One, two, three. Kalupsis. And kalupsis means to cover. So if you apocalypsis, you do what? You uncover. And so when something is covered and then you apocalypsis it, what is the thing that was covered? It is now revealed. The thing that was covered is now revealed. So that means that we are actually going to be in the book of Revelation. Chapter 1. Now, I put that little asterisk there because already you're thinking of destruction and you're thinking of the end of the world again. And some of you maybe are even like calculating in there, yeah, but what's revealed is the end of the world and destruction. No. I need you to put that on the back burner right now. And for some people, if you're watching online or here, you may already be tempted to, to jump up and run out. Or you may be tempted to, to surf back through on Facebook or turn this off entirely. And that's because this book has been used in many ways. It has been dramatized. It has been, it has been abused. To the point that I believe that some people suffer from PRTSD, post-revelation traumatic stress disorder. And I mean that half tongue-in-cheek, but there are people who, because they think this entire book is about the end of all things, miss the point that this is a book about someone who is revealed here and now. And so I want us to just take a moment. Maybe you have never struggled in this way. But I want you to know that this book is about how God re is remaking the world now. Not how God will destroy 
the world. I want to say that again. This book is about Jesus who is remaking the world, not out to destroy it. I hope that you can hold on to that as we go through this and we go through our, our seven words to the church today. Because this is important. And if you don't believe me, let's look right at the very first words of this book. I want to read this to you today. The Revelation, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Are you ready? The revelation of who? Oh, it's not, that, that word revelation is the word apocalypsis. It's not the destruction of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation. He's uncovered. He's revealed. He's shown here and now. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show him servant. Now, I I need to pause here for just a second. Revelation of Jesus Christ. Because some of you, a lot of us read the NIV, the New International Version, or the Nazarene International Version. And this is one of the places where I really differ from their translation. And I can back it up. It is not the revelation from Jesus Christ... That word for from is missing. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ because it shows in the language, and I'm not going to bore you with all the grammar, that this is His revelation. It's a revelation about Him. That's important as we move on. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave Him to show His servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the word of the prophecy. Thank you. I accept that blessing. Oh, and blessed are those who hear. Ah, are you grateful for a blessing? All right. Who hear it and who keep what is written in it. For the time is near. The time is near. It's the same phrase that Jesus used when he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand that this revelation of Jesus Christ is breaking in here and now. It is here. It is near at hand. It's good news. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the sevenfold spirit who is before the throne. Seven, if you're in Revelation, you're going to figure this out. Seven is a sign of completion, of wholeness that was established by God in that seven days all the way back in Genesis. So who is the whole spirit? We call him today the Holy Spirit. From he... Grace and peace from Him who was and is and is to come and from the seven-souled Spirit who, are, who is before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to Him who loves us 
and freed us from our sins by His blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving His God and Father. To Him be honor and power forever and ever. Amen. And then... John, who is this brilliant? One thing you've got to know about John, and one thing you've got to know about this revelation of Jesus, is that John is so well versed in all of the Old Testament before, and he just begins to weave. There are more references to the Old Testament in the Revelation than there are in all of the rest of the New Testament. He just weaves it in. And sometimes he doesn't even reference it like, like this one. He just starts breaking out into song and he joins a little section of Daniel and a little section of Zechariah together when he says, Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on account of all the tribes of the earth will weep. So it is to be. Amen. But then a voice speaks. I am the Alpha and Omega. Alpha is the very first letter in the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the very end, the last one. So he's saying, I'm the beginning. I'm, I'm the end. Says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, we think of that as a title. I, I love that word. The word literally means, I'm the one who holds sway over all things. Isn't that good? Just to hear that? It's not just, oh, it's an almighty, it's a title. No, I, I hold sway over all things. Then John begins to talk about what he saw. I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus I was in the, in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. This is very important as you're reading the rest of Revelation. You'll see John often. He'll hear something. And then he'll turn and see something. And what he hears and thinks is often way different when he turns to see what it actually is. So he hears the voice right in the book. Probably thinking, oh, this is great, good information. And then he turns to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white as white wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refinished as in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held, the se- he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining with full force. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he placed his right hand on me, saying, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead, and see, I'm alive forever and ever, and I have the keys of death and Hades. 
Now write what you have seen, what is and what is to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. I'll never forget when I was just a few years older than my own son, so I was probably 14 or 15. I was in my bed at night and dead asleep, as, you know, growing boy needs. And uh, I don't know if I had just been watching too many action movies or whether I had had too much chili for dinner but the dreams like just kind of went, whoo. I was in a park near where our home was. It was a, a, our, our neighborhood kind of butted up to a city park and we would often spend time there. And there I was in the park hanging with my friends and I was sitting on a park bench. And all of a sudden this military aircraft starts flying towards me. And all of a sudden I see a missile launch from this military aircraft and it comes and I, and I'm trying to calculate it. And I'm standing on top of the, of the picnic table as you do when somebody launches a missile at you. And at the very last second in my dream, I leap and the missile hits and the concussion throws me across the park. And I, I'm in my dream. I can just feel myself flipping and flipping and flipping. And I hit the ground in this position. And the last thing I remember is thinking, oh my goodness, I'm paralyzed. And I woke up. And my body was in the exact same position on my bed that it hit when I was in my dream on the ground and I was awake and I could look around and I could see faintly the light from the streets shining in through the blind of the windows and I began to realize that the last words I had spoken in my dream were now true in real life and I could not move my arms or my legs I couldn't feel my fingers and so I did what every brave boy does at that moment and I called for mom And she came in and she turned the light on and she said, well, what's wrong? And I said, I, I can't move. I, I think I'm paralyzed. <laughs> I'm sure her waking up <laughs> in the middle of the night, she's, did I hear that right? And she came over and this arm was outside of the covers. And she came over and, and she put her hand on my forearm. And it was at the moment that she touched me that I, I realized I felt that. And I began to be able to, to move my arms and my legs, and then the embarrassment set in. And she went back to bed. You see, what I needed in the paralysis of my fear was not a lecture, was not a conversation from the doorway. What I needed was her presence. And what I needed was, even unknowing to me, I needed her to touch my arm so that I could see that things weren't as bad as my dream had made them out to be. Have you ever experienced that? I mean, that's, that's really what 
being a therapist is mostly all about. Is that people come into the office paralyzed by fear or anxiety or depression or by what has happened to them. And they sit. And they don't need a lecture. And they don't need five points of how to get better. What they need is a human being who will sit with them. And would dare to put a hand on her shoulder. And let them know I'm with you. I learned that very early, one of, one of the gurus, I can't remember who it was, said, learn all you can about being a therapist and then throw it all away and go sit in a room and be a human being with another person. See, what people need when they're paralyzed by fear, when they're in the dark, what they need is to know someone is with them. They need presence. Not presence like you got at Christmas. They need presence. And what was happening to these little churches and to John was that there was a very dark time that was happening. We begin to see this. It was the beginning of the persecutions from Emperor Domitian. And these would continue and last for a long time. And so the emperor thought if he could separate the pastor, John, from the little congregations, maybe this thing would die off. And so he threw John out. To an island called Patmos in the Aegean Sea. It's a beautiful place, but not when you're all alone. And the little churches were beginning to to endure some persecution. They were beginning to, to be tempted to either cave to Roman society, or they were beginning to be ostracized and shut out. And what John's beginning to this apocalypse this uncovering was to tell this little congregation these little groups of churches and for us here today that there is one who is breaking in that there is one who was dead but is now alive again and alive forevermore That that there is one who is in their midst, who holds the keys to death and Hades. That there is one in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the things that they're going through, in the midst of the dark times, there is Jesus. And he is apocalypsed before them. He is revealed in their midst. And John wants them to see this, wants them to hear this, wants them to know this at the core of who they are. I don't know if you can tell I'm a little into this today. Because as your pastor, I want to see some of the Damage that our addiction to certainty has caused when it comes to this letter in Revelation. Our addiction to certainty that that looks at people who are lost, that looks at people who are in the dark, who looks at people and and wants to give them a nice map of how it's all going to work out in the end. And and hopefully they'll be scared enough to trust Jesus so they can get in the boat and then they can go and maybe scare some other people. Now, I'm being a little dramatic. 
but I have seen the damage that this can do. I'm not saying that all the people who believe a certain way about the book of Revelation are wrong or evil or malintended. But I want you to know today, I want anyone who is watching today, that the apocalypse that John shows us is a revelation of Jesus in the midst of the dark times. That what they need is not a map. What they need is not a lecture. What they need is not to memorize what's going to happen. They don't need your certainty. What they need is His presence. The One who was dead and is now alive again. They need Him right now in this moment. So my friend, how has your 2022 started off? Are there some dark places? Is there some fear? Is there some anxiety? Is there some wounding? May I, like our brother John, Call your attention to the one who walks among us. Do you think those little churches way back then needed to know that in the midst of all that they were experiencing, when you turn around and you see him revealed, he's the one who walks among the lampstands. Do we need a reminder today that you and I, that Cross Community Church and all the churches up and down Church Street, which we call Oakland Drive for some reason, We're lampstands. Do you know what that means? It means we're ones who hold the light. We're not the light. We're the ones who hold the light. We're the ones where the light is placed upon us. And we never have to worry about that light going out because the one who is the light walks among the lampstands and holds even the stars in his hand. Did you need to hear that this morning? Did you need to hear this morning? If there is darkness and the stain of sin in your life, did you need to know that there is one who walks among you whose very robes glitter with the purity of white and whose purity of hair even shows itself to be white and is available to you right where you are? Are you one who needs... Are you one who needs to know that His eyes of fire see you? There is no darkness that those eyes cannot bring to light to you. Are you one who needs to hear His voice today. Where are you? Do you need to hear this one? These letters, these specific messages to churches long ago are words for us today as well. And we're going to be going through these every week from now through the end of Epiphany. 
But I need you to hear this morning at the very beginning that the goal of all of this is for you and for me to experience the one who walks among the lampstands. For you and I to see who He is. The one who is dead for us and now is alive for us. Who will give His very Spirit to us. I hope you know that as we enter into this book, and we're only going to do those first parts. We'll get into the others later on. But if you've ever been anxious about this book, I hope you'll come. I hope you'll check in online. Because this thing that we do Sunday after Sunday is not so that you can know more about Jesus. It's so that you can experience Him. That He might be revealed to you. And you might join the lampstand to show that light out into our world. It's what they need. And we are called. Would you stand? Father, today on the very first day of Epiphany, we pray that you would be revealed to us. We don't need more information. We need inspiration. We need transformation. And the only one who can do that is you. So so come and walk among us as your lampstand. And help us to know your presence. May the brightness of who you are shine into our darkness and set us free once again. Come and save us, we pray. For any of us who still hold anxiety about this book, I pray that you would reveal yourself and they would hear your words. Do not be afraid. I am here. I am with you. And I hold sway over all things. Come, Lord Jesus, into our church. Move among us and let us see your light. For that is what we need. Not just at Epiphany, but all through God, we love you. And we need you to be revealed in our midst. What our world needs now is you, only you. So help us to shine your light.
we pray and we ask these things in the name of the one who was and is and is to come. In the name of the sevenfold spirit, the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, our faithful witness. And all God's people said, Amen. Receive this blessing. And now, my fellow lampstanders, I pray that you would have an apocalypse. An apocalypse of Jesus Christ. That he would be revealed right where you are in your midst, in your home, in your job, in your family, in your school. Wherever you go, may you know that he is with you. And where you are paralyzed, may his presence set you free. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Go in his name. Go with his presence. Thank you for joining us online. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3nas.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.